What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and my newest book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the Telehealth Center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open and lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's dr. W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we're giving away free signed books no matter when you listen to this episode. All you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you can take a screenshot of that Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And every single month, we'll be going through the Instagram messages as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves and randomly picking winners. I'll reach out to you. I'll ask which book you want me to sign and we'll send it out to you. All right, good luck. Let's get to today's guest. His name is Bobby Burke. Bobby is best known as the design expert on Netflix's Queer Eye, but his rise to fame didn't happen overnight. After years in the creative and design field, he took the leap to start his own brand. Epitomizing hip urban luxury, Burke's designs reflect a stylish and youthful spirit that perfectly fits any lifestyle. And he's a brand new book. We're going to learn all about it. It's called Right at Home, How Good Design is Good for the Mind, an interior design book. He really teaches us about how our outer space, how our our living space, how our our homes, our workplaces can impact our mental and physical health. Let's get right to it. This is Bobby Burke's Art of Being Well. Bobby, thanks for coming on the podcast. And I'm meeting you in front of hundreds of thousands of people, but thanks for coming on the pod. (laughs) Of course. Thanks for having me, man. So this is your first book, right? It is. It is. Yeah. This is my, my first book that I fully authored. My, my castmates and I co-authored a book years ago, but this is my, my first baby. Yeah. 
That's amazing. How how was the writing process? I know it's a beast to undertake. So what's what was it like? It was it was hard, you know. I have ADD, so sitting down and focusing on anything for a long period of time is is always rough for me. I was lucky I had a, a really great co-author that was able to really help me figure out how to put things down on paper and articulate things the way I I wanted to articulate them. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun though. I really enjoyed the process. You know, it was it was great timing starting on this during COVID because I, I had a lot of downtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So what I mean, maybe let's back up a little bit prior to the book, just your skill set and talent for design as a whole. What was the genesis of that? How did it come to be? How did you get into the space in the first place? Well, getting into design, honestly, I kind of fell into, you know, I don't have a, a formal education in design. I don't have a background in design. You know, I, I left home at 15. So I don't really have a formal education in, in anything, actually. But design was always something that I loved, something that I connected with, something that I understood the power of. You know, there's a moment I talk about in my book when I was like five or six years old, my mom had my room decorated in like all red, red curtains, red bedspread, red rugs. <clears throat> and I knew like something about that I just did not vibe with. Like I did not, I did not have a good feeling in sitting in this all red room. So I, I saved up my, my birthday money from my aunts and uncles and grandparents. And I went and I bought blue bedspread, and blue rugs and blue curtains because I just, blue made me feel better. So I've, I think that kind of set me on the trajectory, even though I, at the time I didn't really understand, you know, the power of it all at the time. But then getting into design as adults, you know, I worked a lot of retail. I was in retail management. I worked at The Gap and Express and like Bombay Company. And then when I, my first job in New York was a design manager at Restoration Hardware. So I was merchandising. So I made sure I kept the store looking good and I would, would help customers pick out things for their home. And then fast forward a few years later, I actually opened up my own home furnishing company. So I started out online and then I opened up locations. I had New York, Miami, Atlanta, LA. So I was, this, I was a curator of, of pretty things. You know, I even then, I still wouldn't have considered myself a designer, but I would, you know, help customers pick out stuff. I would go to their homes and I would help them decorate. But, you know, it wasn't to me full-fledged design. That didn't happen until 2015. Builder Magazine called me and they were like, hey, um, we hired a PR firm to tell us who the most well-known millennial designer was, and it was you. And in my mind, I was like, that's funny because I'm not a designer, but I'm like, okay, go on. And they're like, we are, we want you to design the show homes for the International Builder Show this year because it's all about what millennials want in homes. And now I laugh because no one cares about what millennials want anymore. It's all about Gen Z's. Um, <laughs> but they're like, you know, we want you to design these two home shows for the International Builder Show. Like, can you do that? Like, or do you have time for that? And in my mind, I was like, I don't have time. And I also don't know how to do that. And again, it was just in my mind. Because, you know, it wasn't just picking out and curating pretty things. It was like, construction documents, you know, electrical plans, like things that designers who have went to school <laughs> know how to do, not designers who are, you know, just decorators and don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I can do that. Sure. I quickly taught myself how to do what I needed to do and did the show homes and they, they turned out to be a pretty big success. And so from that I, I launched and funny enough, those, those show homes were built by TriPoint Homes. And to this day, I still work closely with TriPoint Homes. They're actually our biggest clients. And we just signed a huge partnership where I'm designing 
all of their homes across the nation and all of their markets. Wow. So it's been a, it started off as just a little date and eight years later we got married. <laughs> so I, I think the question was how I got into design. So I, yeah, I think I answered. <laughs> you absolutely did. That's a fantastic okay, cool. story. Your book, I mean, this, I've talked to you about this before we started recording, but we talk so much about wellness from the outside in and the inside out. This is something that we really never covered in depth on the podcast ever. So I'm excited to be talking to the man about this because this is the topic of your book, Right at Home, the subtitle, How Good Design is Good for the Mind. I've read studies over the years that show that outer clutter really begets Mm -hmm inner clutter and anxiety. Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about like what you've seen in your career and how people's spaces, their homes, their offices, whatever, is impacting their physical health? Yeah. You know, one of the things I think in the book, chaos around you creates chaos in the mind. And it's it's true. You know, when I have a room full of clutter, when I have those unpacked suitcases piled on the floor, because if I feel like I'm always unpacking or packing a suitcase, sometimes they just end up there in a pile it gives me anxiety. Like I can't really relax because there's always that thing in the back of my mind that ah, I should be doing this. I can't fully relax. You know, so that's just one aspect of how it can really affect you. You know, in the book, we not only go into things like organization and cleanliness, but we also, in the very beginning of the book, we start about talking about what design really is and what it really means. And to me, you know, others might disagree with me, but I don't think design is just about making your space pretty. Uh, you know, it's part of it. Yes, that's a great aspect of it. And mm-hmm. if you can do all these other steps and end up with a pretty space, great. But to me, it's not about finding what your design aesthetic is. It's about finding what makes you happy. So mm-hmm. finding happiness in design, it's about filling your space full of things or not things, if that's what makes you happy, that, you know, you don't need to go out and spend money on them unless you have it. But like, it, it can literally be a rock that you found on the beach or on a hike that when you look at it, it brings you back to a really happy moment in your life. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I'm trying to get people to really think about when it comes to design. It's not just about pretty pictures in a book. You know, one of the things that inspired me to write this book is there's a lot of design books out there, beautiful coffee table books, and I'm not bashing any of them. They're all amazing. I love anything that helps people really start to think about design. But a lot of times those beautiful coffee table books can make you kind of feel bad about your space, yeah. make you feel inadequate. Like even as a designer, I look at them and I'm like, God, my home will never look like that. I can never actually truly live in my home and it look like that. But you see this, this perfect space after perfect space, not thinking about the you know half a dozen stylists that made that picture look exactly like that. And mm-hmm. probably some stylists that are hanging off to the side with some some fishing wire holding up the branch in a specific way, you know, to make it look perfect. I wanted to do a book that yes, had pretty pictures in it for my work to inspire you, but it's more, I will, I like to call this a self-help book more than a design book Mm -hmm. because it really walks you through the way different types of colors make you feel the way different types of smells make you feel the way plants can affect, you know, the way lighting, you know, lighting isn't just a pretty way to make your space look better and day and night. Lighting actually controls our circadian rhythm. It's what tells our body it's time to go to sleep. You know, a lot of times people will be like, oh, I have a really hard time sleeping. There's a whole chapter in the book about sleep and getting your space set up for sleep. Mm -hmm. One of those things being, you know, an hour or two before it's time to go to bed, dim those lights. You know, every room should have a dimmer because it's telling your body, oh, it's dark outside. It's time to start getting ready for bed. 
you know, people who have told me, oh, I have a hard time sleeping. I'm like, do you dim your lights a little bit before you go to bed? They're like, ah, no, you know, I usually watch TV with a light on. And then when I'm ready to go to bed, I turn it off. I'm like, well, you're just instantly telling your body, oh, time to go to sleep. But your body's like, oh, wait, you didn't give me any warning here. Like, I, I got I to gotta make some melatonin here. Let me, let me work on this. So things like that. Yeah, I digress. Sorry. I, I love it. No, I, let's unpack those things because this book is a self-help book. It's a design book. There's pretty pictures. But this is really about that outer space impacting your inner space. Something that we see often at the telehealth center, people that lo- are looking to improve their sexual wellness. That They either have low sex drive, low libido, or painful or uncomfortable sex or a combination of those things. So one way to support your sexual wellness from the outside in, something that our telehealth patients love is a brand named Foria. Foria is here to help you have really good, healthy sex. They create award-winning products to support intimate experiences across every stage of your life, from menstruation to menopause. Foria's sex and intimacy collection features life-changing plant-based formulas designed to enhance pleasure and open the door for better sex. Not all lubes are created equal. And Foria's is the cleanest one on the market. Foria's sex oil is all natural and brings moisture, lubrication, and enhanced comfort to every sexual experience and every body. Made with liquid coconut oil for long lasting moisture and 400 milligrams of CBD for enhanced relaxation. Foria fans love their sex oil because it's clean, silky, but never sticky and safe for sensitive skin and sensitive parts. What I recommend is to try their intimacy best sellers. You need to get what they call their quickie kit. Their bundle contains deluxe travel sizes of their three best selling formulas, the Awaken Arousal Oil, the Sex Oil and two Intimacy Melts as well. I can read insanely glowing reviews from Foria's websites all day. I recommend to go check out what their customers are saying. They have a cult following because of these amazing products. But you really just have to try their formulas for yourself to truly understand. And I highly recommend that you do. The good news is that Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash Will Cole or use code Will Cole at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash Will Cole for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and Sex Oil. You'll thank me later. Most of you by now, I hope have heard me talk about my new favorite protein powder. I'm talking about it all the time on social media and on this podcast. This stuff is so freaking good. If you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Because usually protein powder, you don't know. If you have protein powder, you know, most of them on the market have this chalky aftertaste. But this protein powder that I've been using from Clean Simple Eats, it's so creamy and so smooth. My favorite flavor that I love is their Simply Vanilla flavor. You have to try this. It literally tastes like vanilla ice cream. This protein powder is blowing up on TikTok for a reason. It's some of the best tasting protein powder I've ever had. Honestly, it's the best protein powder I've ever had. The protein powder is a powerhouse of nutrition that offers range of benefits 
for your body. Unlike many protein powders on the market, this formula maintains all the bioactive compounds just like nature intended. It also contains a digestive enzyme blend to deconstruct the protein into amino acids that your body can actually use. They have 26 delicious, all natural flavors. You can't go wrong with any of them. Like I said, I love their Simply Vanilla, but they have other unique flavors like chocolate brownie batter, snickerdoodle, and even strawberry cheesecake. Come on, guys, try it. One of the things I love about Clean Simple Eats is their high ingredient standards. Their protein powder has 20 grams of grass-fed whey protein with no artificial ingredients, is non-GMO, it's gluten-free, and it's third-party tested. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use code WILLCOLA at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order at cleansimpleeats.com. You mentioned textures and like engaging all of your senses. So what are some things, people can read the book for the ins and outs, the, the full extrapolation of this, mm -hmm. but what are some takeaways right now for people to lean into when it comes to engaging their senses? You know what, for me, it's, you know, back to the very first chapter of trying to figure out what to put in your space. You know, I say, let's normalize not asking people what their design aesthetic is. Let's ask them what makes them happy. So yeah. it's first about figuring out the things that make you happy, because those are going to be the things that, that cultivate good feelings and, and nostalgia and the sense of safety because your home should make you feel safe. So it's, you know, thinking about your dream vacation, your your favorite show, you know, is your favorite show Mad Men? Yeah, you'll probably love mid-century furniture. You know, I years ago in Quera, we had a, a hero who had inherited his grandmother's home and it was super well-designed, but for his grandmother, not, you know, a 27-year-old bachelor, but he had no idea what his design aesthetic was. He had no, and I even asked him that. He's like, I, man, I don't even know what that means. It's not even something in my vernacular because I've never had to think about that before. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, let me, a different approach. What's your favorite show? He's like, well, Mad Men. I'm like, all right, mid-century. I'm like, what's your dream vacation? And he's like, Cuba. I'm like, also stuck in the 50s, <laughs> you know? And so I, I did a mid-century modern furniture. I did this really cool mural of a picture of Havana. I did banana leaf wallpaper in the bathroom and he walked in and he's like, oh my God, this space feels more like me than any other space I've ever walked into. He's like, and we just met three days ago. How did you do that? I'm like, I just asked you about the things that made you happy and that created uh, endorphins in your mind. And those are the things that filled your home with. Mm -hmm. So that's the main takeaway I, I want people to get, at least out of the first chapter, is mm -hmm. thinking about the things that make you happy. And when you figure that out, it's going to make designing your home way easier. Mm -hmm. Well said. You talk about scent in, in the book. What are some like the most common scents that you have found in your experience working with clients that really do impact inner well-being? You know what? Obviously, like lavender and eucalyptus are really great scents for relaxation. You know, mm -hmm. I actually, we have a eucalyptus tree in our yard. And so I'm constantly just cutting off branches of it. And there's actually a chapter in there about you don't need to go out and buy fancy flowers. You can literally just cut a branch off a tree in your in your yard and it looks phenomenal. Um, but I, I keep eucalyptus in a vase next to my bed because it, it's calming and it actually opens up your airways as well. If you have a problem, like I'm stuffy at the moment, if you have a problem like breathing well at night and that keeps you awake, keep some eucalyptus next to your bed. Keep some lavender next to your bed. The eucalyptus will help your, you breathe clearer and the, the lavender will, will relax you. 
you know, so stints like that, we talk about in the book, you know, bringing in things that are ways that you felt safe and moments in your life that you felt safe. And, you know, going to my grandmother's when I was little, it was a, a place that I felt very safe. And she always had cookies being baked when we'd get there, even though she was a horrible cook. So they were definitely like pre-made dough, but it's still <laughs> like that, that smell. And so often, like if I find a candle with like chocolate chip cookie smell, you know, I get it. Uh, because when I, when I smell it, it like takes me back. Love that. Yeah. There, there's this candle company that I get candles from. They're out of Miami. They're called Taja. You have to check them out. They use pure essential oils for an eucalyptus, they have a eucalyptus that. one, and they have a lavender one. So if you don't have a eucalyptus tree, I burn this. I, cause I don't, but I burn this candle. It is like having a spa in your own home. It is so you, freaking good. Don't you have eucalyptus hanging behind you though? Oh yeah, I do have that. You're right. I yeah. I do have that. <laughs> Good eye, but I I don't have a tree. These are like from the store, but yeah. and yeah. that's an amazing cactus, by the way. Too. Thank wow. you so much. Thank you. And these don't smell anymore. I need I need to get new ones. Uh, you know what? Or you can just spritz them with eucalyptus essential oil. Oh, great tip! Great tip. Yeah. Thank you. So something else you talk about in the book? You mentioned sleep, the dimmer. Great tip there. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Any other pro tips you have for people that are maybe having trouble with sleep and maybe their space is contributing to their poor sleep quality? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is about organization as well. If you've got that pile of laundry that when you wake up to every morning, you're like, oh, that's something I did not accomplish yesterday. I'll get to it today. And then you go to bed at night and you are confronted the moment you get in that room with the failure of the thing you said you were going to accomplish every day for the last week and you did not. Like that's this little subconscious feeling of failure and you go to sleep with that. And that causes you to start thinking about all the other missed opportunities and the missed failure. So your bedroom should really be the space that is kept the tidiest. I know often our bedrooms become that space that can be kind of the catch all, you know, when we've got that laundry, I saw a meme yesterday that it was like, you know, washing your laundry, 30 minutes, drying your laundry, 40 minutes, putting your laundry away three to five days. You know, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's so true. You know, yeah. our, our bedrooms kind of become that place where when friends come over, we kind of pile everything because it's yes. out of sight. But then that's the space we're supposed to be getting our best sleep and our best relaxation. So really be mindful of what you're surrounding yourself with before you're going to sleep because it really can have effect. You know, make sure you keep the nightstand free of clutter. That's mm-hmm. kind of the last thing you see. And when you're just staring at clutter, mm-hmm. it can subconsciously have an effect on you. Oh, so true. So true. I see it with patients is when we get them and they're wondering why I'm talking about the organization of their house, but it really does impact their cortisol levels or stress levels, their nervous system yep. sort of hypervigilant because of their, and that's what your book's all about. You're really yeah. teaching us how to do it. Something that you talk about in the book as well is, and, and on that on that note is clutter, but people are kind of attached to their stuff. They may not even see it as clutter. What are some, like how, what would you say to somebody that's having difficulty letting go of things? There may be not a full, I think, you know, clutter exists on a spectrum. They may not identify as a hoarder, but they have just junk in their house that they don't really need. (laughs) You know, getting rid of things can be very overwhelming just from a a task matter of it, but also an, an emotional attachment. You know, we get attached to things, we think we need them, especially if you 
you you come from a place like growing up where you didn't have much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get very attached. Like um, last season on our show, we had a, a woman who had spent 12 years in prison in federal lockup, and she was not allowed to have one personal thing of her own. And so after she got out, she became a hoarder mm-hmm. and her house was just full of stuff. And we really had to sit there and unpack it. And she's like, you know, she's like, I know why. I know why. Because I wasn't allowed to have anything. So any little sliver of anything, I just, I just latch onto it. So if you're, you know, obviously I'm not a therapist. I, I'm not even going to go there. But, you know, definitely think about maybe why you're keeping those things. I used to be very sentimental and keep everything. But then I, I kind of figured out why. Because, you know, I, I didn't have a space before. I, I was homeless at one point. You know, so it was, it was kind of like my feeling of safety. And I worked through that. And now I really have no problem getting rid of anything, like probably too much. Friends are like, what happened to that? I'm like, sorry, I got get rid of it. But, you know, my advice is always start small. Because again, it can be a daunting task. And when it's something you don't want to do to begin with, because you're attached to things, and it's a daunting task, you're probably just not going to do it. So start off small. Start with that junk drawer. We all have that drawer that's filled with junk that, you know, is just random stuff that we probably don't need. You know, we're, we're probably not going to need that random screw or at least put it with all the other <laughs> random screws in the toolbox. Yeah. You know, so if you start out small, something easy to bite off, easy to chew, like a junk drawer, you give yourself that little notch of subconscious accomplishment, that little endorphin of, oh, I succeeded. I did this. And it kind of catapults you into doing something more. It was a baby step. Because if you are like, I am going to clean out and organize my whole bedroom, all the drawers, the nightstands, a lot. Like, give yourself a break, ease into it. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that's going to happen is you're going to get overwhelmed. It's going to be too much for you. It's going to take too long and you're going to give up. And then you're going to have piles of clothes that you're like, do I donate? Do I keep them? Do I throw them out? And then they're going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you're, it's just, it's going to prevent you from having the, the passion to do it for another room. So start out small, do a drawer, do a closet, do a nightstand. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't expect too much of yourself. Don't try to do it all at once. Again, you're not going to be able to get it done and it's going to be a little notch of failure and that's going to spread into other things in your life. So if all you accomplish in, in that day is a nightstand drawer, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, oh, I failed because I didn't do all the drawers. No, you succeeded because you started, mm-hmm. you know, you succeeded because you know that this is something that I need to do for my mental wellness, for my physical wellness, if it's, you know, dusty and dirty, mm-hmm. you know, so just start off small because you're, you're going to accomplish more than trying to do a lot at once. Great advice. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Something that I have when I'm looking for something easy in between consulting patients online that loves me back is the IQ bar. You all have to check this out. IQ bars are great, convenient, brain-boosting, gut-health-friendly, protein-packed snack on the go. Discover the brain and body-boosting benefits of IQ bar with the ultimate sampler pack. Get seven IQ bars, four IQ mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And today, our listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. All you have to do is just text ABW to 64,000. That's ABW to 64,000. Just text that. 
IQ Bar products are gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and contain no GMOs or artificial sweeteners. IQ Bars are plant-based protein bars packed with high-quality ingredients for both your body and your brain. IQ Bars are vegan, gluten-free, and low in both sugar and carbs. And every flavor, these flavors are amazing. I, my favorite one is the Peter, peanut butter chip. Of course, you all know. Your boy loves peanut butter. But they also have flavors like chocolate sea salt, which is so good. Wild blueberry, love that one as well. These bars taste amazing. They also have something called the IQ Mix. It's a zero sugar drink mix that hydrates with electrolytes, improves mood with magnesium, and boosts clarity with the lion's mane adaptogenic mushroom. IQ Bar makes the number one brain and body nutrition bar, the hydration mix, and the instant coffee in the United States with over 10,000 five-star reviews. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's ultimate sampler pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix Sticks, and four IQ Joe Sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus free shipping. To get your 20% off right now, just text ABW to 64000. Get your discount, text ABW to 64000. That's ABW to 64000. The active ingredients found in pre-mixed vitamin drinks and kombuchas honestly can diminish sharply over time. Something that I've been loving in this space is karma water. Karma's unique push cap protects vitamins and nutrients until you're ready to drink it, ensuring you get the full nutritional benefits. Karma's new hydration kits combine everything I love about the brand's ready-to-drink line of functional waters with an enhanced level of convenience and customization. Each hydration kit comes with a four-week supply of Karma push caps that can be fully customized, and Karma designed a new BPA-free, reusable bottle specially designed for its patented push cap. Customers can choose from a combination of Karma's three existing functional lines to create their customized kit. They have the Karma Wellness Water, which is a great like multivitamin in your water. They have the Karma Probiotic Water for supporting your gut health and Karma CBD Water, which gets you all the benefits of CBD in your water. It's elevating water with these functional benefits. You really can customize it based on your unique needs and wellness goals. All you have to do is visit drinkkarma.com slash willcole and use code willcole at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. That's D-R-I-N-K-K-A-R-M-A.com slash W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E drinkkarma.com slash willcole. Use code willcole for 15% off your first order. What do you say to somebody that maybe is down, they are kind of lacking that zest for life and they want to have something that lifts them up and kind of boosts their mood. Any, any tips there? Well, again, I think it goes back to the, the finding things that make you happy. You know, there's mm -hmm. multiple pages in the book. They're actually a workbook, which is why I definitely say this is like a self-help book because I really want people to think about and write down so they can really physically see and hear themselves in their brain writing out what their thoughts are. You know, when was the last time you felt safe? 
what were those surroundings? Where were you? You know, figure out a way to try to recreate that. When was the last time in your life you really felt happy? What were you surrounded with? Where were you? Was it about the place you were at? Was it about the people you were surrounded by? You know, kind of go through that checklist and, and figure out that because if there's a time in your life where you were really happy, there was a reason for that, you know? So, mm-hmm. so try to think about that. And if you can recreate that in your space, mm-hmm. do so. Yeah. And it's, not, it's something that I know that you talk about in the book. And that, honestly, when I'm, I'm consulting patients here 10 hours a day, I bring these plants in because it is, I'm bringing the outside in because I'm inside all day. Yeah. And I know that's something that you recommend for people to do in the book, but many people are maybe um, daunted, I guess, by plants. They say, I'm not, I kill everything. I don't have a green thumb. Any, like for people that aren't plant, you know, experts, I'm not a plant expert, but people that are like, never had a plant before. Any, any pro tips there? You know, they're not as hard as they think. I know a lot of times people are, they're like, oh, I can't keep anything alive, but you're really like, there's so many apps, you know, you type in what kind of plant you have. It, it tells you how much sunlight it needs. It tells you how often to water it. It'll pop up and remind you, you know, so it's, it's way easier to be a responsible plant parent these days, <laughs> but some of us have spaces where there's not enough light for a plant, you know? I am totally pro good faux plant. There is nothing wrong with that. You still kind of trick your mind into seeing something that's alive. It still kind of gives you those same endorphins. It might not be cleaning the air and giving off oxygen, but it's still that greenery, that life. So if you do have a space that keeps killing plants, don't just keep replacing them and watching them die. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> not going to be good, good for your mental state. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is having the opposite effect, you know, just <laughs> continuing to try, you know, the definition of insanity is trying to the same thing over and over expecting a different result. Same thing. If like a plant keeps dying in that space, either try a different plant, maybe really research low light, you know, such plants or just get a really good fake fiddle leaf tree. You know, it's going to serve <laughs> almost the same purpose mentally for you and without all of the mental downness of feeling like a failure as a plant parent because sometimes (laughs) it really isn't your fault sometimes it is just the environment yeah and i've seen some really realistic artificial plants i mean they got they've got that down that industry yeah they used to be bad they used to be be really bad really bad yeah for sure yeah now like our living room here at the office it, it, it does not like fiddle leaves and so we went through a few of them now. And I think next time I'm just, I'm going to replace it with a really good fake one. <laughs> Those fiddle leaves are very, very temperamental. We, we, they are very yeah. fickle fiddle leaves. I, I, we have one in the clinic, but it's temperamental. We have to like rotate I, it. I, yeah, I feel bad and, and not that I started the fiddle leaf trend, but so many people are like, I had never really seen a fiddle leaf before until Queer Eye. And we use them a ton because they're they're tall and they they fill a space they right. they look great on camera and so i've had so many people they're like you i feel like you started this fiddly fig trig tree but they're so hard to take care of why did you do this to us we saw this big beautiful plant and you're like yes they're like and within a week all the leaves fell off they look like, good on I, camera though they look good yeah, on camera i'm like you're you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That you are right about this. You probably single-handedly brought this fiddle leaf trend. So I have you to thank. So thanks so much. You mentioned about lighting in the book. That's something that could definitely impact somebody's mood. They're under like, you know, poor lighting, halogen, like 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 what's some ways for us to use lighting to lift our mood? You know, overhead lighting is really no one's friend. <laughs> 
although it does have a time and a place, you know, sometimes friends will be like, oh yeah, I don't have any overhead lighting. I just have lamps. I'm like, well, that's great for evening. It's great for mood, but you do have those moments where you're either doing work or you're cleaning a space. Like you do need that overhead lighting. So don't completely abandon overhead lighting, but especially like in the evenings, turn that overhead lighting off, turn on a lamp, you know, your lamps in the background there are great because they have that nice diffusing shade, diffuses the light. It's not harsh because light can energize, but light can also be harsh. Light can cause headaches. Light can cause achy eyes, you know? Mm -hmm. So making sure the light is kind of like a Goldilocks light that's, you know, just right is really important. Mm -hmm. And making sure it's a warm light. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many LED bulbs out there now that come with lamps that are just like this bright white, like operating room ask light. And it's not relaxing. There's a thing called Kelvin scale. And the higher the number, like 5,000, the brighter, the whiter, the colder the light, the lower the number, like a sweet spot is like 2,700 or 3,000. Like it's a nice, warm, inviting, relaxing light. Got it. Got it. You mentioned moving out where you moving out of your house at 15 years old you mentioned mm-hmm. being homeless i don't know really anything about your story like what was your what made you move out at 15 years old that's really young i have a 17 year old i couldn't imagine him moving out at 17 let alone 15 and you're like i couldn't imagine him getting himself anywhere no <laughs> which wow i can't believe you have a 17 year old great genes <laughs> you know it it was a, a combination of things you know it was a bit of home life it was you know i i was i was gay but i i couldn't be out at home or, or in the very small religious community that i grew up in so it was just kind of like you know every day of my life i i wore a mask there wasn't one single person that actually knew who I was. There wasn't one person I could be my true authentic self with. And, you know, there's a reason why the LGBTQ community has such a high rate of suicide as teens, because we are some of the loneliest people in the world, because we could not truly be ourselves a lot of times in in the environments we're in. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, I I'm getting out of this situation one way or another. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I'd rather live than not. So I, I just, I had to get out of that town. You know, we had one kid that came out of my town and some guys ran him off the road one night. You know, it just, it wasn't a place to be. So I, I left home at 15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, where so where I, did you grow up? What, what small town? A little town called Mount Vernon, Missouri. I, I'm from a small yeah. town too. I know what that's like. I live in a small town now and it is, you, it's, it's still there. I mean, it's better than it once was, but it's definitely yeah. so, I can only imagine what you went through. Have you ever, as an adult, gone back there and like, it has, what was that like if you did? Yeah, yeah, I was just there last week. <laughs> yeah. has, has it changed? Um, I mean, it's, it's different now because I mean, I don't, I, no, I don't think it has changed. It's probably actually gotten worse over the last few years, sadly. It's very different for me now. I don't really interact with anybody when I'm there. You know, I'm not some kid in a school dealing with bullies and this and that. You know, I'm just, I, I'm an adult and I'm just there to visit my family. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's no comparison because it's it's not the same type of situations. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You mentioned in the top of the conversation, like not being formally trained. I, we actually have a mutual friend, Anthony. I've known Anthony for a number of years now. And it's something that him and I have talk, talked about in the past is- I have a call with him when I get off on the podcast with you, actually. Tell him I said, <laughs> tell him I said hi. <laughs> uh, something that him and I have talked about in the past is this thing that I'll, we all have as humans is like this imposter syndrome, like, or, or I'm not good yeah. enough. 
I'm not formally trained, whatever that even means, right? Some, some certificate yeah. doesn't make you great at what you do. But any advice for people and that are out there that maybe have, that feel like an imposter, but really aren't owning their talent? You know, I, I would say this, you know, I, I don't know if I have any advice on not how to feel that way, because I still feel that way. <laughs> You know, that's, and I I know Anthony talked about that a lot too, you know, so you can look at some people that you might think are some of the most successful, you know, never think that way about themselves. They still do. So my advice would be to know that you're not alone. Even some of the people that you think have it together the most, and you think that, oh, there's no way they have imposter syndrome. They clearly, you know, have their stuff together. No, we feel the same way you do. So I guess my advice would just be like, you're not alone. You know, don't think that, oh, I'm the only one that feels this way. So I'm not going to succeed. No, you can, you can be humble and you can, you know, have ostracism. It's not the greatest feeling in the world, but know that you are not the only one that has it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, don't let that hold you back. Don't let that hold your success back. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Up until now, there haven't been many supplements on the market to support mitophagy. I am fascinated around the science of mitophagy. You probably have heard us talk about it on the podcast, something that we work on optimizing for our telehealth patients, something I've written about. It's basically mitochondrial autophagy. It's the recycling of old damaged mitochondria, which we need for cellular energy. So if you're interested in decreasing accelerated aging, supporting longevity, increasing energy and brain function. You want to make sure that you're optimizing mitophagy or mitochondrial autophagy. When I discovered a new compound called urolithin A, this postbiotic, I was extremely intrigued. It's derived from pomegranates, but it's very, very hard, nearly impossible, honestly, to eat or drink enough pomegranates to get the scientifically proven therapeutic dose of this postbiotic, urolithin A. This is where a product that I use every day, it's called MitoPure, it's from Timeline Nutrition. It's where this product comes in. They've created three ways to get your daily dose of 500 milligrams of urolithin A. That's what the science is pointing to, that we need to get every day to get the benefits. And they put this therapeutic dose of urolithin A in all of their products called MitoPure. They've got a delicious vanilla protein powder that combines muscle-building protein with the cellular energy of MitoPure and a berry powder that mixes easily into smoothies or just about every drink, and also their soft gels. You can use it for traveling on the go. I honestly, I love the convenience of the soft gels as well when I'm at the office, when I'm at the clinic. I can just take the capsules right in between consulting patients. I recommend trying their starter packs. You can try all three, the, the, the vanilla protein powder, the berry powder, as well as the soft gels as well. MitoPure is the first product to offer this precise dose of urolithin A to upgrade your mitochondria function, increase your cellular energy, and improve muscle strength and muscle endurance. It actually took 10 years of research to bring this potent product to the market, and I'm personally glad it did because it really, really works. Timeline is offering 10% off your first order of MitoPure. Go to timelinenutrition.com slash Will Cole. Use code Will Cole at checkout to get 10% off your first order. That's T-I-M-E-L-I-N-E-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com 
slash Will Cole. TimelineNutrition.com slash Will Cole. Again, I recommend trying their starter pack with all three formats. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. At the end of every episode, I have your art of being well. This is Bobby Burke's art of being well. I just want to pick your brain of your favorite things within wellness. We've talked about some of them already. The first question I have is, is around food. What is the worst tasting healthy food that you still eat? It tastes disgusting, but you love it because it has some health benefits or whatever purpose. Huh. I don't, I don't think I eat anything that's disgusting. There's not really that many things I don't like. I'll pretty much eat anything. I oddly don't like nuts though. They get stuck in my teeth. It drives me nuts. I don't know if I have just like really deep grooves in my teeth because when I tell that to my husband and he's like, just clean it out with your tongue. I'm like, it doesn't work for me. But other than that, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of asparagus. And I'm also like, I don't know if you've ever done 23 and Me, but it actually gives you all these weird genetic yes. markers, including if you are really sensitive to the smell of, of asparagus and pee. I am so sensitive to it. It revolts, revolts me so much that if I go into a public restroom where somebody <laughs> has had asparagus and peed, I'm like, and I, I have to walk out. I can't stay in there. Like It is one of the nastiest smells in the world to me. It yeah. also really makes you think about the fact that there's somebody, this is gross, but there's you're smelling someone's pee and those little micro particles are in your nose right now. It really just highlights that fact. And my mom, when she made asparagus, when I was little, she would make canned asparagus. Oh no. Mom. It was the smushiest, the smushiest, gooeyest, stringiest, nastiest thing. And my mom was that mom that you ate what was on the table. And if you said you are gross, you got a double helping. <laughs> so I was traumatized by asparagus. So to this day, like I will eat it but I don't like to for many reasons. <laughs> we need to get Anthony to get a really good recipe for asparagus and give it another go. And figure out how to not make it make your pee smell. Yeah, I, I have the same gene. We're twins there because I can smell it and, and it is disgusting going in and smelling it. Yeah. But I, I do like it, but it has to be prepared well. And I, but I've never had the canned asparagus. That sounds horrible. Oh, you know, we, we grew up in middle America. You know, we didn't have access to... The fresh, pro oddly, and growing up in middle America, you don't have access to fresh produce. But, you know, the grocery stores back then yeah. just didn't have really good fresh produce. Or I don't know, maybe we just couldn't afford it. Maybe that was the reason we ate a lot of canned food. But yeah, it's gross. For sure. I, I can only imagine. If you had to pick coffee or tea, what would you pick? Historically, it would always be coffee. And I mean, I do have an iced coffee here now. But I actually find that I don't drink a lot of coffee anymore like I used to. As a New Yorker, I drink, you know, three or four a day, but in LA, I, I don't need to be on as much. So I find that I actually, I drink tea more. You know, I like the health benefits of tea with a little bit of caffeine. What's your favorite type of tea? Green tea. Green tea. I love, I love green tea. Yeah. And then at night we, we drink a tea it's called nighty night. Yeah. Oh, medicinals. It, yeah. It really is nighty night. It <laughs> knocks you right out. It's great. 
Yeah. (laughs) Is that the one with the bear, the sleepy? I think that's Sleepy Time. No, that's Celestial Season Sleepy Time. Uh, I forget the brand of Nighty Night, but it's literally called Nighty Night. And I know that because every time I do it like that, I'm all Nighty Night. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about eucalyptus and lavender. Do you personally have a favorite natural scent that you have in your own home? Sandalwood. I love sandalwood. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And, and scents, scents are tricky. So fragrance is the only ingredient on an ingredients list that legally they do not have to tell you what is in it. When you look at an ingredients list on a, a candle or a cleaning product or anything that has an ingredients list, it will list out every single chemical and everything that's in it. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets to fragrance, it just says fragrance. And fragrance can have like over a hundred thousand different chemicals in it that make it smell like that if it's mm-hmm. not a natural fragrance. But legally, they don't have to tell you what that is. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to fragrance, be be very cognizant and aware of what you're putting in your nose. Make sure it is natural essential oils. You know, soy candles are really great, but don't just you know. I'm not going to say the brand, but there are the the you know the plug-in things. Those are so bad for you. They're so, so bad for you. You're inhaling chemicals Mm -hmm. at all times. So yeah, scents are amazing for your mental health, for your well-being, for relaxation, for being awake, you know, experiments, wakes you up, but make sure they're, they're natural essential oils because other fragrances in those type of plug-in things and candles, they're not real. They're, they're literally chemically created mm-hmm. with a bunch of different chemicals. I mean, I don't even understand how it does. I'm not a chemist, but and you're inhaling all that. Like, mm-hmm. That's how the, obviously the smell gets in your nose. So try to stay away from anything that's just listed as fragrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, it's not obviously something that I have at any point in my life. I'm not around those plug-in or synthetic things. But when I, I used to. I loved I, them before, yeah. And so many people are. And when I am around them, now I immediately feel nauseous, a headache. Yes. It is like, I can't imagine being around all the, all the time. Like yeah. I, if I'm in an Uber where they have the plug-in for the cars, I get oh. sick. I'm like, I put the windows or, down. I'm like, throw yeah. that or you crap get to an, Yeah, you get to an Airbnb and the host thinks, oh, I should have a good smell in here. But I walk in and instantly my nose closes up, my head starts pounding. The first thing I do is I go around and I collect them all. And I either find a closet to put them in or I put them outside. Yeah. And you know, I, I have a couple of vacation rentals myself and I do training with new hosts for the Airbnb sometimes. And they're always like, oh, what signature scent should I have in my house? And I'm like, none. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like your signature signature scent should just be clean. Yeah. Just like it nothing. should be nothingness yeah. because one guest might love it, but another guest you literally might make physically ill. Yeah. So scents are amazing when they're natural. Otherwise yeah. they're really bad for you. Yeah. Great advice. What's your dream? Speaking of Airbnbs, what's your dream vacation? Um, like that I've already had or that I, I wanted to. At bucket list, it could be anything. Like what's your idyllic holiday? I mean, does it, does it sound bad to say I've I've kind of been every bucket list place I want to go to? Um, <laughs> no, not at all. Like travel has always been very important to me. You know, I, I, I wasn't even on a plane until I was 18 years old. I didn't leave the country until I was in my mid-20s. 
you know, in middle America, we didn't even have a geography class. The only thing we had was the state capitals of the United States. So like learning the world travel, I think is such an important thing. Travel, you know, broadens people's minds, travel reduces racism, like it creates empathy, you know, so travel has been very important to me. So I've, I, anywhere I've like have been dying to go, I have been, but like some of my favorite places that I absolutely think should be on your listeners bucket list is Iceland. Iceland is one of the most, I choked up talking about it. Iceland's one of the most spiritual, beautiful connection to nature places I've ever been. You just, there's a feeling there like no other place. New Zealand has the same type of feel for me. Japan, I, I've learned over the years that I have this weird physical and emotional connection to volcanic island nations. Mm. There's something about that part of the earth. There's something about the energy there that makes me very happy. Japan, New Zealand, Iceland. These are all places that are just, if you can visit them, Mm -hmm. absolutely visit them. You will not be, you will not. Yeah. I will love it. I want to make it to Iceland. I haven't been, but I was at, recently just came back from the Scottish Highlands, which also is very volcanic, like dormant, like ancient volcanic. Mm-hmm. Same sort of vibe. Have you been to the Highlands before? It's beautiful. I have not. I haven't been. It's funny. It's second time today Scotland's come up, but no, I it's haven't It's a sign. Yet. It's a sign, Bobby. Yeah. And speaking of when we were in school, having to learn all the state's capitals, can you still remember all the state's capitals now? <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. Uh, I mean, if I really had to sit there and think about it, probably, but I don't know if we have time for that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you take supplements? And if you take supplements, like what two supplements have been the biggest, like consistent supporters for you? Uh, What's the green one? I take A1G. AG1. 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 They're a sponsor. AG1. They're they're a sponsor on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love their greens. I love their their, their little droplets with the D3 something and the B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I take them. I just don't know what they're called. (laughs) And then I love beekeepers, the immunity spray. They also have been Uh, a sponsor. They're wonderful. Great. And then uh, this was not planned, everybody out there. (laughs) And then there is a salt supplement I take. I cannot think of the name of it. Is it Element? Um, Yes. (laughs) Were they also a sponsor? They they are. They are. So... (laughs) You and you don't listen to my podcast, but hey, you <laughs> might as well. <laughs> so I like to do intermittent fasting. There's so many benefits intermittent fasting, not just from a, a weight standpoint, but also like cleaning your cells, getting all the gunk out of your cells. It's really great when your body needs something to burn. It burns all the bad stuff out of your cells. I mean, I could go on, on and on and on for this forever. But obviously, when you you fast, you get you get hungry. I get hungry. And so the salt supplement that has like magnesium and potassium and, and sodium in it, and it, it makes you feel less hungry. It actually kind of completely curbs your appetite. So mm-hmm. you can and it gives you the the stuff you need to get through your fast. So it's a really great way to kind of ease your way into intermittent fasting. Great tips. Love it. What's a spiritual practice or a mindfulness practice? It, it, do you have one? And, and if so, like what's been the biggest game changer for you in that area? You know, for me, it's just like figuring out the things that make me happy and focusing on them. Like my dog lean right next to me, it's, she makes me happy. And so I, I make sure I make her a big focus of my life and my husband a big focus of my life. So taking those times to figure out the things that make you happy and, and then focusing on those things. You know, mm-hmm. so many times we put our happiness on the back burner, but you've got to put it on the front burner. Otherwise mm-hmm. the other things in life 
are going to be as successful. Mm -hmm. True. What's your favorite? This is probably difficult for someone that's traveled as much, but as you. But what is your favorite restaurant in the world? And when you're there, what do you order? My favorite restaurant in the world would be my mother-in-law's kitchen. And it's not <laughs> called that. It, it's my mother-in-law's kitchen. <laughs> I love Vietnamese food. Vietnamese food makes me happy. I, it's one of those foods that I find myself like kind of doing the happy dance when I'm eating, not even realizing. Like, mm, mm, mm. I have a fan. I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite restaurant in the world. I love like the hole in the walls the most. You know, sometimes you'll travel with those friends and they want to hit every Michelin star restaurant in the cities. I'm like, oh, I, I hate them. I'm like, this is such a long, drawn out process. I don't care that this foam is a reduction of a blah, 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 blah. Just put it down and let me eat it so I can go to Wendy's after because I'm so hungry. <laughs> you know, no. great. Don't, think, don't get me wrong. Like, I actually have a friend in, in Hong Kong. They have an amazing restaurant called Yardbird Yakitori. And it's like a, a Yakitori restaurant that actually has a Michelin star. And like that I can get down with like food, food on a stick that has a Michelin star. That's my type of Michelin star <laughs> food. So like any, any kind of like street foods, and they don't necessarily have to be like from the street, but like pho and, and Vietnam is like a big street food. Bang mi is a, a street food, you know, yakitori is a street food. So I, I love, especially through Southeast Asia and Latin America, just like finding the most amazing little food carts and, and street foods and markets. Like those are my favorite restaurants. Yeah, me too. I love it. If you could only use one skincare product only one. What would that product be? Only one. I would say the brand I use the most is SkinCeuticals. Yeah. yeah any product yeah. that they use specifically that you like the most? Their age interrupter. Okay. Yeah, I find it's very good. It's, you know, it's a bit on the pricey side, but it's one of those items that when you use it, you, you do see a result. Like I use it on my neck and when I haven't clearly been using it that much recently, but like I see the the lines of my neck, they go away. Wow. You know, so it's, it's a little on the pricier side, but you, you actually see results instead of those creams that you're like, do I see it different? I, I mean, I think, yeah, you know, so SkinCeuticals, I think it's great. It's, it's definitely worth the money. Love it. What's a book that you've read? It could be fiction, nonfiction, whatever that you've read in the past year that really, got you thinking in a, in a fresh new way? Uh, there's this really book out book that just came out called Write at Home. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> God, in the last year, I love sci-fi. Like, honestly, that's the only genre of books I read anymore. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I like to be transported, no pun intended, to another world when I'm reading. Even, like, the television I watch as well. The television I, I watch is sci-fi or, like, fantasy, those type of things. I, I don't like to listen to problems of the world, crime stuff. I'm like, I get enough of that in real world. Yeah. So I, I like to, to read books that kind of take me away. I think it's a really great for my mental health to go to a literally a different dimension and a different planet. Any sci-fi series? You, like, what's your favorite yeah, there's lately? There's an author named Dennis E. Taylor. And he has... A collection of books. It's weird. It's called the Bobiverse. The book is called We Are Legion. We Are Many, but it's about the Bobiverse. I know that sounds weird, especially since my name is Bobby. <laughs> but it's about a. Uh, it's obviously in the future. It's about space travel. It's about 
digital consciousness. It's really good. It's not the greatest name, but it's <laughs> really good. I actually recently heard that the the TV rights have been acquired and it might even be turned into a TV series. So it's it's that good. And wow. there's like four of them. And, and I love when you start a, a book and you know there's more to come. You know, there's yeah. more already out there. It's like when you start binging a show that's already been out a few seasons because yeah. you know, you're like, ah, I'm going to be able to live in this world for a while. It's the same with his book. So definitely recommend Dennis E. Taylor. Love it. And now you you can have the title for your next book. You have to call it Bobaverse. <laughs> Bobaverse. We are, we are, it's, yeah, it's Bobaverse. We are one, we are many. <laughs> your book's amazing, my friend. It's great to meet you. And, and what, tell everybody the name of the book again, where they can get it, all the things. Yeah, it's called Right at Home, How Good Design is Good for the Mind. And you can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it at Amazon, Target, Walmart. Um, you can go to bobbyburke.com slash book and get a link to a bunch of small independent booksellers because we love when we support small independent booksellers. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.